0: Good evening, or whatever time it happens to be, wherever you are listening to this Tokyo, France. Um, Welcome to Med Conversations. Today we're going to be talking about bronchiectasis, and I'm Rahul, and this is.
1: Devor. No, no, my name's Davor. It's Devor. Um,
0: <laughs> so, bronchiectasis is something that confused me for quite a while. Uh, and I never really understood what people were talking about it when they mentioned it, so we're going to quickly run through it today. So the definition of bronchiectus, put simplicity, simply, is um, irreversible airway dilation of the lung. So that's particularly to the airways, um, not the alveolar, not anywhere else. It's the airways, like the bronchioles, the bronchi, as the name implies. Um, and it can be focal or diffuse. Now, Davor, do you know any ways of categorizing, particularly used in an old-school sort of sense, but categorizing
1: Well, Well, you, you just... Uh gave me a very nice one mm. focal or diffuse
0: yeah what that's what i'd say it's a nice one yeah um probably the best way to start so that's just looking at actually where it's affecting the morphology of where it's affecting the lungs but back in the day they used to categorize it and you still sometimes see this as cylindrical or tubular which is sort of the most common one um varicose which you can imagine looks like a varicose vein just sort of you know wobbly edges I guess and cystic where you get proper cysts forming in the lungs. So this will all become a bit more apparent as we go on and talk about the pathology but let's get started with etiology. So like Darvort said there's focal and diffuse bronchiectasis. So focal what does focal actually mean?
1: So it's in a certain part of the lungs as opposed to everywhere and that's pretty much always due to obstruction. That's right. So if someone has focal bronchiectasis on their CT give them a bronchoscopy figure it out
0: yeah or well you know make sure you know why they've got the obstruction you may yeah. not have to shoot something down their airway That's but true. Uh, you can start with the <laughs> start with the lifestyle measures if you want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then just quickly, to uh, classify airway obstruction, it's helpful to say intrinsic or extrinsic. Extrinsic basically means coming from outside the tube, so things like lymph nodes or parenchymal, so a tumor mass inside the lung tissue but not in the airway. And then intrinsic includes things like aspirated foreign bodies, um, stenotic airways that have scarring, uh, airway tumors that actually arise from the lumen of the airway, and congenital narrowings of the airway as well. So that's focal in a nutshell. It is just... Uh, basically due to obstruction of some variety. A bit more complicated is
1: diffuse bronchiectasis. And so, Davo, what would diffuse mean to you when you hear it? Same as to most people, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Where where you have bronchiectasis everywhere in your lungs. Mm. So that's more more likely to be a systemic cause, like infection or autoimmune or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so, again, we can take the morphology another step here and we can divide it into where in you know, the whole of the lung, it affects worse. So, Davo, let's let's run this through. Upper lung fields. If it was affecting the upper lung fields, what type of uh, bronchiectasis would be looking at? Or cause for bronchiectasis? So, classic
1: talking? MCQ fodder here for med students. Cystic fibrosis is more common in the upper lung fields. And uh, post-radiation fibrosis, assuming that's where the radiation was. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, this is, we apologize, a bit of a list here. You're going to have to sort of remember, but it is handy, uh, especially, you know, practically handy as well. Lower lung fields.
1: Davo? So, if someone is aspirating, gravity will drag it right to the bottom of their lower lung field, so mm-hmm. chronic aspiration, mm-hmm. end-stage fibrotic lung disease is another one.
0: Yeah, okay, and with the aspiration, typically that happens in people who have esophageal dysfunction in terms of chronic aspiration, so there's always there's a little bit of gunk going back mm. into their lungs. Mm-hmm. Okay, mid-lung fields...
1: So this is apparently bronchiectasis, bronchiectasis due to non-tuberculous mycobacteria, also known as MAC or MAC-TAC.
0: Yeah, MAC, so mycobacterium avium complex, is what the, probably the most common one to cause uh, bronchiectasis, the most common non-tuberculous mycobacteria. Uh, but there are a few others as well. They tend to be less severe. Um Central airways, Davo, if we had bronchiectasis affecting the central airways. So
1: this is an increasingly recognized entity known as allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, ABPA. Mm.
0: And this disease, is essentially they get Aspergillus um, fumigatus or other Aspergillus um, fungus in their lungs. These can be found in sort of molds and things like that. Um, And the body has an immune reaction to this. And so the damage is done by the body's immune reaction, not by the actual mold itself. Mm. That's an interesting point. Okay. So, you know, just quickly grouping those largely. So focal obstruction. You know, you see focal bronchiecterosis obstruction. What are the big patterns or big groups of diseases that cause diffuse... System, so
1: infection is probably the commonest. Mm-hmm. And then you've got immunodeficiency states, particularly hypogammaglobulinemia. Some genetic causes we're getting pretty in the weeds now. Um, Cartagena's alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And cystic C-F- fibrosis is not in the weeds. That's pretty common. Not in the weeds, yet. Yeah. So genetic causes. Then we've got our classic culprits, autoimmune disease. So that's stuff like rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, IBD. And uh, immune-mediated, so that was that uh, ABPA that we were just talking about.
0: Yeah, so autoimmune diseases. And then recurrent aspiration,
1: which we talked about before. So it's kind of related to infection, but probably deserves its own category. Mm -hmm.
0: And miscellaneous. Um, So miscellaneous basically includes that traction bronchiectasis of... um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis but don't worry about those ones so much they're in the other category and then lastly you've got idiopathic so a lot of people who have bronchiectasis that's common? Uh, yeah well I think according to Tally and O'Connor it's depending on how much you believe them so (laughs) it's reasonably common to never find a cause for um, um, bronchiectasis yeah so but just to quickly run through those again it's infection immunodeficiency genetic causes autoimmune recurrent aspirations miscellaneous and idiopathic
1: Mm. so who gets bronchiectasis it's the epidemiology.
0: Yeah, so basically, it all is tied to whatever is causing. You know, all those causes that we no had. No way. So yeah, I mean, something like CF would be more common amongst whites. Anyway, yeah, just that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> just bring that general racial lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I think really to note about the epidemiology is that in areas that have high rates of tuberculosis, it occurs frequently. And that's because you get untreated tuberculosis, granulomatous infre- infection, which can compress you know airways, and also just general inflammation over time, which destroy- destroys the airways there. So, yeah. Nasty. Mm. Now... Tie it all together, we've got the pathogenesis or pathology. So let's start with the infectious ones. How do the infectious ones occur now? Have you heard of the vicious cycle hypothesis, Dalil?
1: I have, Rahul. Basically, when you've got a problem with your lungs, you've got not unable to clear stuff out of it very easily, then you're more susceptible to infection. You can't get it out, then your body attacks the infection, and that ends up destroying the lungs, and then there's more spots for bacteria to get stuck. It's a vicious cycle.
0: Absolutely. So ongoing infection, then your ability to clear the infection goes away, and you get more infection, and then more inflammation, okay? So basically, things like CF and dyskinetic cilia can cause initially that susceptibility to infections again and again. Remember, you're not clearing the infections nicely. Also, a single severe infection um, with things like MAC can actually do enough damage to give you bronchiectasis straight away. So it destroys whatever cilia or architecture you have there, and then you can't clear anything from then on. Um, and then all those little microbes sitting there lead to chronic inflammation and more and more destruction of the of the architecture of the lungs. Um, you know, loss of elastin, smooth muscle, and cartilage in the in the bronchioles and bronchi there. Mm-hmm. And so how
1: does non-infectious bronchiectasis work?
0: Yeah, so non-infectious can really be divided into the autoimmune or immune-mediated reactions. Again, same thing, ongoing inflammation, destruction of the architecture of the lungs, dilation of the airways. Um, The other one is traction bronchiectasis, and this is where you get parenchymal problems, so actual tissue of the lung problems like fibrosis. It shrinks up like a scar, and it pulls the the two airway walls away from each other, so you get
1: dilation. Pretty simple when you think about it. Mm. So if, if someone came in to your practice, Rahul, what kind of signs and symptoms would you look for? Uh, I look for private health insurance and something <laughs> wrong with their coronary arteries <laughs> That was a
0: joke. Um, so I guess on the history, the most common thing is the big is the cough, um, and they get thick sputum with their cough. Um, tenacious
1: sputum. Tenacious. It's got it's high got tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Audacious
0: tenacious. <laughs> Um, and then other things are hemoptysis, uh, dyspnea, and wheeze, which are pretty much classic for all your respiratory stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can yeah. ask about a history of recurrent pneumonia as a kid or even older, um, particularly bugs like Klebsiella and you know, things like that. They've had weird bugs growing yeah. in this beautiful. There's
1: a lot of patients alive. like <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, time yeah, well, when I was 12, at yeah, really Klebsiella, now <laughs> I think <laughs> there's a uh, vicious cycle going, going <laughs> on in my lungs. <laughs>
0: Um, and then beyond that, systemic symptoms, just like COPD, things like weight loss and anorexia, cachexia, are uh, bad indicators for bronchiectasis. Um, and then even later on, you get symptoms of right heart failure. And if you listen to the pulmonary hypertension podcast, you'll understand why that occurs.
1: All links together.
0: All one big, pretty picture. Okay. Um, and then exacerbations of bronchiectasis are basically the same as COPD. So change in sputum is pr- probably the most reliable thing for you to go off, so... Mm pure and looking high volume sputum um, and things like fever and infiltrates on chest x-rays may not be present just like in copd Because so you gotta remember this is essentially an autoimmune disease and or, or an immune disease and they have reduced ability to sustain a response than infectious response okay
1: yet another area in medicine where your clinical acumen is mm, better than the test <laughs> who
0: needs tests um <laughs> And then just some other lo- things to look out for in history. So if you've got someone with suspected COPD, um, but they've got less than a 10-pack t- year history of smoking, it's kind of strange.
1: And they don't have alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Bang, there you go.
0: Um, disadvantaged childhood. Look out for all those little orphans, little tinnies you're seeing out there. Those guys are pretty close <laughs> to bronchiectasis. Um, and then unusual previous organisms in the sputum. So again, that's probably going to be more from you know, getting records from whoever's been looking after them before you... Uh, what about on examination, Davor,
1: Davor? So purulent, tenacious sputum. <laughs> lung, <laughs> lung auscultation. You might expect to hear some crackles and wheezes. Mm. The world's most specific sign, Club- <laughs> <laughs> clubbing.
0: <laughs> clubbing of the fingers. <laughs> Very helpful sign. Um, now, there's something called yellow nail syndrome, which is associated with bronchiectasis. So see if they nail the yellow, but if you forget me saying this, then don't ever worry about it because it's not going to come up unless you're doing physicians, in which case you're screwed. Um, and position of the apex beat is the last thing to look at. So And signs of right heart failure, the general
1: cardio exam. Um, so, by the way, this isn't... An- Position of the apex being, being <laughs> slightly displaced. This is when it's on the other side of the chest. Yeah. So Cartagena is one of the in the weeds syndromes that yeah. can cause bronchiectasis, right. also has dextrocardia. Yeah. So you know,
0: when you're doing your medical student oskies, obviously you're going to want to mention that. Um, so diagnosis uh, is basically on the presentation which we talked about earlier, but mainly the radiographic features. The classic one is the chest X-ray, um, which shows tram track signs, uh, and that's just dilated airways. You see these nice things that are parallel lines that are sort of separated more than usual, mm-hmm. you'd expect for a bronchi there, um, and that's called a tram track. And I was thinking about this the other day. Imagine the times when all you had, like, it was, you know how we order CTs and MRIs now, when ordering a chest X-ray was the equivalent of doing that, You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a chest X-ray maybe next oh. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can afford it. (laughs) We've got people waiting, you know, in the emergency department. Use your clinical acumen (laughs) to me. Yeah, Yeah, crazy. But anyway, bang out a couple of chest x-rays, just extra ones if you want to, because they're that cheap anyway. um, But really, the diagnosis is made on CT chest or high-res CT chest, the uh, respiratory physician's best friend. Um, And you get... Airway dilation again with parallel tram tracks. Uh, signet ring sign. So you may remember your signet ring cells from uh, gastric gastric cancer.
1: Yeah. Also, may I remember your signet rings from your rich uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That signet ring you currently have around your finger. Uh, basically, you get that an airway that's one point one and a half times the size of the adjacent vessel. So probably best to look at some pictures of that. this is, a,
1: yeah, this is visual way of learning i think it's more important
0: um bronchial wall thickening so you get dilated and thickened walls of the bronchi um and then you can get cysts from the bronchial walls as well um and guess the thing to know here is that if you're trying to diagnose bronchiectasis doing it during the infection is not that helpful because people get dilated bronchi and bronchioles during infection so you want to wait till that settles down Mm -hmm. bang ct Mm -hmm. chest
1: so it can be normal in a normal infection
0: to have dilated bronchitis. Yeah, yeah. Apparently that's the case. So, Now, in terms of diagnosis using other tests, you can have a bronchoscopy to exclude those things we're talking about, like uh, foreign bodies or masses that are compressed in the airways. Respiratory function tests will show um, <clears throat> an airflow obstruction usually, but can be restrictive. Again, imagine you had a fibrosis patient who had traction bronchitis. Mm, yeah. Um, and really the pulmonary function tests uh, and for anyone who doesn't know this is essentially where you sit and blow into a tube and you know you get your flow volume loops, spirometry as it's otherwise known Um, essentially they're more useful for determining the severity of your bronchiectasis, mainly using that forced expiratory volume in one second the FEV1, Mm. which if it's less than 40% of predicted is severe disease Um, and then the other things you can do are sort of related, again, to etiologies. IgG levels uh, for hypogammaglobulinemia and blood films for eosinophilia. Sweat tests for cystic fibrosis.
1: How might one treat this terrible disease?
0: Well, as with all treatments, it's important on making sure you know what your treatment goals are. So, controlling the active infections, especially in uh, exacerbations, and improvements in secretion clearance, or what they call bronchial hygiene. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. so antibiotics, uh, it's basically the same in exacerbations as COPD. You give them 7 to 10 days of therapy because they don't clear as easily as other people, and you target it to whatever they are happen- you happen to grow on the sputum or blood cultures, whatever
1: test it is you get positive. Pretty, pretty good stuff so far. So yeah. if, if someone had MAC, mm. so that was uh, Mycobacterium avium complex, which, which anties would you give them?
0: Well... So treating this is quite difficult, and there's specific guidelines about when to treat it because it can just be a colonizer of airways without causing Mm. too much damage. Uh, But we won't go into those here. So basically, use a macrolide, which is something like doxycycline or azithromycin, you know, that atypical cover, plus rifampicin and ethambutol, which you may remember from your friendly tuberculosis treatment. But Mm. that's really specialist-level stuff. It can be quite difficult to tolerate that Mm.
1: treatment. And so what's this bronchial hygiene you're so amped about? Oh, I'm very amped about bronchial hygiene.
0: Bronchial hygiene basically consists of hydrating and using mucolytics to get all the stuff out of the bronchi. So things you can use are nebulization of bronchodilators and hyperosmolar agents like that normal saline nebs which pretty much everyone on a respiratory reward gets Mm. Uh, chest physiotherapy which is postural drainage that's a bit of an old technique they don't use it anymore it's quite labor intensive but flutter valves you know the straw in the bottle of water they just keep trying to do that it gets the air behind secretions helps bring them up and then in CF patients they use a mucolytic called Dornase Alpha which is a DNAase and apparently breaks down a lot of the gunk inside the sputum there Uh, but it's only really got evidence for CF patients it's an Mm. inhaled medication and specifics, yeah, patients as well, because there can be quite a lot of reactions to Dornase-alpha. Anti-inflammatory therapy can be useful to help with bronchial hydrine. Um, there's not a huge amount of evidence for it, but inhaled glucocorticoids look like they reduce the sputum production. But that makes sense. Yeah, no no difference in the long-term stuff, so exacerbation rates, their progression of lung disease, and then eventually for refractory therapy, you get lung transplants and surgery in people
1: who are eligible. Are quite hard. So in summary treatment of bronchiectasis, antibiotics, bronchial hygiene, anti-inflammatory therapy, and at the end stage, lung transplants and surgery.
0: Mm-hmm. So what about the complications of bronchiectasis, Dave?
1: So microbial resistance, if you pump someone full of antibiotics and they keep getting infection, that's probably going to be an issue. Mm, these
0: guys come in monthly
1: to yeah, get treated, sometimes more. Yeah, And ladies. And hemoptysis, if it erodes a artery that's next to a bronchiole, and it's a big artery, they can lose a lot of blood, and they can actually be life-threatening and may need uh, urgent bronchial artery embolisation. And so what's uh, the what's overall outlook for people with bronchiectasis in the 21st century?
0: So I guess it's similar to whatever the etiology is causes, that it's causing it. But basically, the lung, from the lung point of view, you can think about COPD as being fairly similar to bronchiectasis. They lose about twice their lung function per year that a normal person does, mm. 55 to 60 mils of their,
1: their FEV1. This uh, bronchiectasis sounds pretty freaky. I don't want to get yeah, it. Freaky deaky. Well done. How how do I prevent it? Yeah. Some well, some prevention.
0: good thing first of all, not having been born with hypogammaglobulinemia <laughs> helps you out there that's good um, but basically reversal of immune deficient I don't know states I that comes
1: as a preventative, preventative was, principle yeah, you, you prevented it for yourself
0: so. <laughs> um, but reversal of immune deficient states so you know proper HIV treatment hypogammaglobulinemia anemia treatment whatever else is causing the yeah. immune yeah. state reversing that ceasing smoking all respiratory patients need to cease smoking obviously yeah. it kills the inflammation there which is driving this whole process don't smoke kids don't smoke kids Suppressive antibiotics um, is the other thing that people use uh, in prevention. This can be used in CF patients and also bronchiectasis patients. Um, it basically minima- minimizes that microbial load, which again is driving the inflammation, causing this t- tissue architecture destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's a whole bunch of options here. Probably not worth remembering them all, but just to give you a few examples, ciprofloxacin for one to two weeks per month, uh, rotating a bunch of different oral antibiotics so that they don't get resistance, Using a daily macrolide, again, that's like doxycycline or azithromycin, mm. which may have um, anti-inflammatory effects, uh, as well as their antimicrobial effects. Aerosolized antibiotics, so you can get tobramycin, which is an aminoglycoside as an inhaler. And then you'll see these patients, particularly CF guys, coming in for, quote-unquote, tune-ups with IV antibiotics, where you basically give, pump them full of antibiotics, push down their microbe load, and then send them back into the community as
1: happy young <laughs> members of the community.
0: So that is bronchiectasis in a nutshell. Thank you. It was really good, Ronald. I
1: appreciate it. Mm -hmm.
0: Tell your friends. Tell (laughs) all of your friends about this podcast. See you later, guys.